Hello wrestling fans, this is Quint Charisma. Hey, that's me. And I'm with Jeremiah Plunk tonight, and this is the Territorial Wrestling Review Podcast. What's going on, Jeremiah? By golly, Quentin, I'll tell you what, this has all the makings of a doggone good one. <laughs> I don't know about all that, but we'll go with it. <laughs> hey, I've been studying my Lance Russell quotes, but I'm ready. I'm ready to do the podcast. Sorry about the delay, holidays and such. I hope everyone's having a Merry Christmas, uh, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. I hope you're having a good one with your family. Exactly. Back at everybody. Me too. That's what I say. <laughs> Alright, so uh, we're doing the, this week we're going to, um, you know what, I'm looking at last week's, <laughs> where did I, hold on, oh my goodness. We're what? professional folks. Yeah, I, what the crap did I do with my, oh my gosh, oh there it is. Oh, yeah, you can tell I'm prepared. Uh, <laughs> all right. Last week we did uh, December 27, 1987. Uh, it was basically the, the lead to start planting the seeds of the big Lawler, Tommy Rich feud. So, but, so this week we're going to uh, January 3rd, 1987. It was actually, because we're doing the Evansville, Indiana feed, so it was actually taped on... December 27th, 1986, and that would have been two days after Christmas, so I was actually shocked to see Lawler there at the studio two days after Christmas, but I guess he realized that this angle was going to be really, really good, so he really needed to be there, so um, they did the, there's the, the, op the, um, the little opening of the trophy, and all that. I'll let you talk about it. I, 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 I've seen it so much. I don't. It's like a blur nowadays. A classic opening. I still love the rotating statue. You still want one from my office at home. Uh, the 2001 Space Odyssey theme playing in the background is still one of my favorite. It, it ranks right up there with the uh, WCW TBS theme song for me with the with their classic opening. And Dave and Dave and Lance and Dave, they, they the late Dan, uh, Lance and Dave been doing the same opening for fifty years. It never changes. Lance with the yellow, everybody, and then he then he does his thing. And uh, uh, first thing they they did was uh, they did a little short rundown, didn't they? They did a very short rundown and went quickly into an interview with Emily Arthur. Yeah, yeah, they went into the interview and um, and you could tell she she talks too good to be some out of the crowd. You know, she talked yeah, way absolutely. She had no nerves being in front of a microphone. Uh, the, the quote I have down is uh, her calling Bruno the poorest excuse for a man that she's ever seen. Yeah, and then it just seemed to me that it, you know they, they she just talked real short then. Bruno and Glide come out there and, and they ran her off. It was like, I don't know if somebody gave them the cue because it seemed like that, that her interview just cut got cut short, you know? It doesn't seem like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I felt like she didn't have a, a direction on where to go. Uh, it was probably like, hey, just go talk a while and uh, we'll send Bruno out yeah. because she kind of talked in circles. Yeah, yeah. So they came out and, <laughs> you know, and I noticed it, uh, Bubba wasn't with them. 
It was just him and Goliath. So I'm thinking of the holidays. I'm, I'm thinking of the holidays. Maybe, maybe Bubba went home for Christmas because, like I said, this was taped two days after Christmas. So I'm, I'm assuming um, so he was nowhere on the show that day. But I got out of the interview was uh, Bruno, Bruno on the in, his, in the interview saying a lot of stuff that wouldn't get uh, get get with he wouldn't get by with today with uh, he, while Emily Arthur's walking off. He told her to go back to Bill Street and make some more money. <laughs> that, that was one of the quotes I got, as well as uh, she ought to be out making babies, making yeah. breakfast, whatever. But he said, he, he said, go back to Bill Street and make some. I was just like, man, it's like every week, it, it's like he couldn't get away with nothing nowadays. It's like. Oh, and it, it gets worse. Yeah, I know. It gets worse. I watched it for a second time, and it gets worse. Mm. Um, I, I did want to point out, he had uh, that, that really sweet Jerry Lawler shirt that he had uh, gimmicked up. The Lawler is a punk, and Lawler, watch your back on the on the backside, or watch your step, I'm sorry, on the backside. wonder if Jerry made him pay for that. I got the, I got that down too. It says Bruno was wearing a Jerry Lawler shirt. I probably did. I don't know because Bruno wasn't making old money then. He just that's his first <laughs> run, and I'm sure he wasn't making. He's barely surviving because that was his first, you know, couple, uh, you know, couple months in the territory, and um, so I'm I'm sure he didn't. But <laughs> he wasn't making no money. But uh, and so at first they they went into the. Um, uh, after he did the thing, talked about the show, he did the shirt and everything, they went into the first match. The graphic had it was Goliath with Bruno, and it didn't have him as a partner, but it turned out he was the partner. Did you notice that? The, the graphic? I noticed that as well, yeah. Um, and, and the return of John Paul and, unfortunately, Dennis Upton. Yeah, I, I, was, I got that. Yeah, it was uh, Goliath, and, and the graphic said with Bruno, but it was actually... Goliath and Bruno, which Bruno stood on the apron the whole time, and and I know he never took his glasses off either, Bruno. Because <laughs> you know you know he wasn't gonna get in there and do anything because he never took his glasses off. So he, he's on the apron. Yeah, I put uh, John Paul and Dennis uh, uh, Dennis Upton. I said surprise Upton was back again this week after last week, and I put Upton actually looked worse this week than he did last week. And, um, yeah, well, the, the first thing I have is I was really surprised Goliath taking arm drags from John I got Paul. That, I, I got that Goliath, too. Goliath wouldn't, wouldn't give away his size like that, but I mean, he took these arm drag bumps for a 400 pound man. I, exactly what I got. I said, and Goliath took an arm drag from John Paul. Uh, and I put, wow. Because, yeah, he was legit 400, and he had to be, he had to be at least 6'6, six, six, at least. Yeah. And, uh, uh, absolutely. And, you know, and John Paul was barely a mid, I wasn't even a mid-card guy at the time. And, you know, he's given an arm track to Goliath. So I don't know how that went over when they got to the back on that one, <laughs> you know. But I, I'll say this, John Paul looked like a million bucks. And from the, the two shows we reviewed thus far, looks like a pretty decent wrestler. Yeah. Uh, but I have down here, as soon as Dennis Upton tagged in, we all knew it was time for heat. Um, because he looks like a overfilled bag of milk. <laughs> I, I didn't notice it as much before, but standing next to built-up, tanned Jean-Paul. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, it, it, was, it was 
was like, August, who was going down in that one. <laughs> I just got, I just got upped and looked worse this week than last. If it was, if that was possible. Oh, he almost died on that beetle. <laughs> yeah. He, he, yeah, he could. He didn't know how to take a forward. He didn't know how to take a forward jump roll. No, he didn't know how to go forward. He, he could barely take a back. He didn't take a back. He just falls backwards. He had no idea how to take to go. You know, do a flip bump. He had no clue. And I, that first one, I said, I was like, oh my gosh, he's about killed himself. <laughs> so it'd be interesting if they, if they bring him back next week. It'd be interesting to see, because after those bumps, I, you know, I, if it was me, I'd be like, eh, you need to, I know that a lot of our, you know, job guys are not very good, but at least you're not going to break your neck or something, you know, <laughs> on the simplest thing. So I think he might be a little liability for Channel 5. So, they, so somebody might tell him to don't come back on that. Because that, that was brutal, man. <laughs> that was what we all expected. We got the big splash for the finish. Um, I was surprised. I, I figured they'd do the old heat-getting thing of tagging in Bruno just to make the pin. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't. That surprised me a bit. Yeah, you know, I, like I said, he never even got in the ring. I was, you know... And um, I figured, you know, that yeah, that always gets that. That would have been some good hates. I don't know if. I guess I don't. I guess I don't know. Yeah, you see, so maybe they just they told him, "Don't worry about it. He's getting enough hate as it is." <laughs> His comments. Because oh, this show was practically the Bruno show. Yeah, um, yeah. Right after this, he was back on the mic and back on Emily Arthur with some comments and back on the crowd. Um, you know, not, nothing really forwarding any storyline. No. Uh, but just, you know, just getting heat. And the crowd hate them. They absolutely hate them. Yeah. I've noticed right now, it seems like the only thing they got going is building the Lawler Rich um, angle, building it up, and, I, and um, the um, tag belts with RPMs and. Uh, tra uh, Billy Travis and Jeff here. That's that seems like that's the only two. Everything else is they're just filler for right now. It seems like. But so, oh no, they, I forgot they do. They they I forgot. Boy Tony and Smothers, but everything else is just filler. And they're I think they're. I think they're just putting all their chickens and on the slaller rich thing. I think and, and I think then they're gonna fill in where they come. I guess I don't know. It's kind of. Wait and see, because it, you know, I think you're just kind of, that's what I get from it. They're going to see how, I think they're waiting to see how the Lawler Rich thing does, and then if, you know, if it takes off, you know, we ain't really got to worry about the rest of the card, but if it don't, then we'll have to start building some people, but until then, we'll wait and see. That's what I'm getting from it, because, I mean. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of gather the same thing. Uh, I want to see if you caught something in the next Local promo though they did the local promo for Evansville, um, the, and, uh, and they, they were cutting they were cutting the promo to a little fifteen second, 10, 15 second clips. They cut to one of Soul Train Jones, and he's saying something. And but had, coming to America, or excuse me, living in America, is played way too loud. You can't hear. Him. I have no idea what he said. You can't hear a thing he says. Um, but then they cut to a clip of Bruno promoting being selected for special ref. Yeah. Well, here's the he one. He announced a special ref later in the show. Yeah. So I did, I, I, I did the, uh, it was for the uh, January 7th, 80, 1987 house show. Uh, they run down the card for Evansville 
was uh, Jonathan Boyd against Pat Tanaka. Uh, Tarzan Goto against uh, Paul Diamond in an I Quit match. Boy Tony versus uh, Tracy Smothers in a Loser Wears Panties match. Uh, Goliath versus Soul Train Jones. RPMs versus uh, Travis and Jarrett with a double ref. RPMs get to pick their ref. Yeah, and they cut the thing. It's Bruno. Uh, then it was the uh, then the, the uh, main event for Evansville is Tommy Rich versus Jerry Lawler. So, but yeah, that Bruno. Yeah, it's like yeah. I, I figured they'd lead it, build it up to the show, but they gave that Bruno was going to be their pick before they did on TV. You know. <laughs> yeah, and, and then later in the show. The RPMs come out and they announce that he's the special ref, and I'm like, well, if you watch the beginning of the show, you already know that. I, no, I'm wondering if they, I think somebody might have inserted the the clip wrong or something got, yeah, it, it stooged it off before, you know, so everybody knew when they did the, when the TV segment. So I'm wondering maybe if the that card got inserted wrong, maybe that should have been late, been inserted for one of the, um, you know, Evansville rundowns later in the card after that, you know, the uh, interview where they select Bruno. Yeah, I think something got messed up there. And I think that might have got, when they put them inserts in, I think somebody put that in the wrong place. Because, yeah, that, yeah, it's like the whole, it, we already knew the whole thing. Because they told it in the first, you know, 10 minutes of the show. So, I think it just something got overlooked maybe and got put in the wrong place. Is, you know, because like, that's something I kind of think they're, they're putting all they're worried about is the Lawler, Rich and they're not paying them to a lot of details. Everything else, because <laughs> yeah, that that just stoops that off. So um, then the next match, the second match of the day, it's uh, Jerry Lawler versus Keith Eric. I'll let you take that one. Uh, I like that Lawler was out in full cape and crown. Yeah, I, 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 it's funny. I, I say that kind of in jest because. You know, on TV, when Lawler just come out in a jacket, I got it. It's a little TV studio. It always kind of stood out to me in front of, you know, what, 100 fans in the Memphis TV studio when someone's in the full big show regalia. Um, he's out in blue and white. And then we got Keith Eric, <laughs> who I think was trying to build an angle for himself. He's just trying to get some hate. He's just trying to get hate. That's all it was. He knows he ain't going to be an old angle star. He just, he just trying to get some hate. That's all, you know. That's he apparently kept bringing up about a time that he beat Lawler by DQ a yeah. year ago and yeah. this was his shot. <laughs> and it, it ended with one of the scariest backdrops, uh, backdrop suplexes oh. I've seen outside of Japan. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I thought he broke his arm. I, I, lost, I kept rewinding. I said, oh, my gosh, he broke his head. Because he when he was going back, he put his hand he put his hand and arm down to catch himself. And I was, I was like, he just broke his arm and shoulder. <laughs> I rewound it probably yeah. ten times, man. That was nasty. Yeah, it was like like I said, outside of Japan, that's one of the scariest belly to back suplexes I've ever seen. And Waller just pins him with the knee on him. So uh, any any hopes of, of trying to build that angle, I think we're out of the out of the door for uh, <laughs> your keep there. Yeah, but yeah, he tried one come out. He tried to catch himself, and it's like, dude, that's the worst thing you could have done. And man, yeah, and Lawler just yeah, I was like. Laura was probably like, well, you just hurt yourself, dude. <laughs> but yeah, Keith there when he came out there and trying to, yeah, he was, <laughs> he was running his mouth. I guess he figured, he would, you know, give him some hate and everything. And But yeah, I know that was, yeah, I was like, man, that he had to hurt, he had to get hurt on that because that was nasty. And, um, okay, then the next, <laughs> I got, the next is 
they bring out Soul Train Jones to do an interview. And what I did, I put, and I got, he has no rhythm. <laughs> do you see when he come out to the, he come out trying to dance around the, the outside of the ring all the way to, to Lance? I was like, he has no rhythm. He's stiff, yeah, as, a no, he, stiff as a board. It's like, he looks so awkward <laughs> trying to dance. Yeah, yeah the, the dancing was not good. Um, I, I will say this. Well, two things. Living in America was, again, playing way too loud. Yes. Um, but he looks like a million bucks. Yes. Nobody had a body like that. Yeah, he was... Yeah, that's... Yeah, I think that's what... Yeah, his, his work rate was awful, but, man, he had a million-dollar body. and so. But, yeah, he came out there... And, and the interview was oh, it was way too long. Cause he neither he he had no rhythm and couldn't dance. He couldn't talk either. <laughs> but yeah, that yeah, music. It actually started out okay. Hey, people, happy you know, happy New Year, Merry Christmas. And it kept it on good. And and then it, it, like he didn't know what to say. And yep. he, he starts talking about half the roster. Yeah. You know, <laughs> uh, he makes some comments about old Tony Falk. Uh, called him a herm. That's a new one on me. Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. He started talking. About, I was like, I was like, I know Lance is like, oh, come on, just get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, he, he had no. Because I, I heard a lot of times they would Memphis, and they'd just give you an idea, and they'd say, go give us a minute, two minutes, whatever. Boy, they did not. Hopefully, you said they told him to go go out there and give us, you know, a minute, and it was a. 25 seconds, and he then that's all he had, and it was <laughs> downhill from there. And, and it really made me laugh. Uh, he started talking about running Bruno out of Pittsburgh yeah. by giving him a big pile driver. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, two things. Nobody was there. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, nobody from Memphis was there, so nobody knows. No use bringing that up. Yeah. But secondly, don't bring up the pile driver, brother. Exactly. That's exactly what I used. thought. I was like, he, I was like Oh, you're you can go back at curtain. You're supposed to get hit with the boss, buddy. <laughs> I'm about using this move. <laughs> and the music cut to whoever was doing music. I mean, I'm sure it was just somebody with a boombox or anything or something. But whoever was doing music cut Lance off in the middle of Lance trying to wrap up the interview. Yeah. And then we get a, a solid twenty seconds of Soul Train sitting there peck dancing like a cheap stripper. Yeah, he's, he's, he, he, Lance was looking over. <laughs> you know, Lance was like, get this guy out of here. Because yeah, he was sitting there just flexing his peck muscle. I'm like, oh, this is way too long. <laughs> it's one of those, it's like, man, this was so bad. It was good. <laughs> it was so bad. I mean... Oh, he! Oh, that! Yeah, he had. He got so lost after twenty-five seconds, and he had no. He just. I guess he just remembered. Okay, I got time to fill, and so he just. Oh, yeah, and I think the music. I think it was Christmas, right? You know, it's Christmas holidays. I'm thinking they probably had their the the interns and stuff working the control room and stuff all that Saturday because I bet everybody else was was still on. You know, holiday break probably, you know what I'm saying? So they probably yeah. had, you know, because, yeah, his music, even when it came out, was too late. It was on that interview thing. The, uh, uh, <laughs> when it came out, yeah, it was just blaring so loud. 
But yeah, that that was said that segment was so bad it was entertaining. So <laughs> and then they uh, went back to cut away to the Evansville rundown again. Um, did they run down the card on that one, or did they just? Because all I got running my notes was um, all they did was uh, uh, Rich does an interview and talks about Lawler, and I got he was more here. Yeah, I don't. Think, I don't think they. I can't even think. I don't even think they showed Lance. I think it just cut straight to a, okay. a Tommy Rich promo, and we got more like still not flat out hit heel Tommy Rich, he's but doing more. more. He's doing, yeah, he's doing more, and. Um, I noticed he, he, he's, which I think that helped this whole thing was him not just going straight heel. You know, they're giving, they're, you know, milking it, which I think, because usually when somebody turns heel, it's boom, they're heel, you know. They've seen that for 100 years in Memphis, I think, in this, I think the way, I think the way, that, well, it turned out, everybody knows. Um, I think everything was just set up, and every, everything happened, fell you know, I think fell perfect. We'll watch, you know, as lo further we go, we're going to see how, you know, it stuff happened, the accident happened, Lawler, and it just added more. It The whole thing just, it was great. It, perfect, you know, perfect timing for it because, you know, um, after Dundee and everybody left, Dundee, Landell, Mantell, Fantastic, everybody left, you know, they were, they went, you know, a six-month run there where they were, really dry, so they needed something to, you know, something really to, to you know, boom the, you know, boom the territory, get it back going a little bit, because it was definitely down since the summer of 86, but, uh, but then I got, next was, uh, <laughs> it says, Bruno out for the interview with him and boy, Tony, and uh, Tony show, <laughs> Tony pulls out a pair of panties, and I was just like, <laughs> Because it was the, uh, I don't know, what did you, I'll let you take this, because I don't, I, I just saw those panties, I just thought of, he went in the laundry room at at, at, at Congress Inn on Dickerson Road and stole somebody's drawers. That, that's probably better than anything I had. I just had this, uh, the, the finest pair of granny panties I've ever seen in my life, dude. It was ridiculous. They were they were bigger than some of the trunks some of the boys wore. I just pictured him or the or at the Admiral Bimbo in Memphis going into the little where they <laughs> stealing somebody's some old girl's drawers or or it might have been a rat <laughs> from the night before left him in his in their hotel room. <laughs> oh jeez, it was uh, it, it was bad. It was a I would have loved to see a stain on them. Oh. That would have been tremendous. That's what they should. Yeah, they should have stained them up. That would have really been good. I think just being big, I think they said, "Oh, not be too much." That's being, being them big bloomers was. <laughs> I guess they figured that was good enough, and um, they set up the whole um, match with Trace Smothers. The loser wears the panties. Um, you know, I never saw anything about that. How that worked. You know, whoever lost or whatever, and he just asked Tony. And Tracy about that. So did they had to? Did they have to do? Because they said they'd do it on the rundown of the card for as they said the whoever lost they would do it during the intermission. I wonder how they actually did that. Did they go take go make them go back, take the trunks off and come back out to the ring and show them they had panties on? Or I don't know how they did that. Well, Quentin, how would you wear your panties? 
Well, depends how much they was paying me that night. <laughs> if I was getting the, the, the regular $50 mid-card payoff, I'd, I, I, if I was Tony, I'd probably wear them over my leggings. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just going to find out. You, you're more into the um, talking to everybody nowadays. I'm pretty recluse and stuff. When you talk to either Tracy or Tony, uh, ask them about that. And, uh, hey, listen, as soon as Tony Falk accepts that match I'm trying to talk him into, I'll definitely ask him. Because <laughs> I want to find out how, that, how they did the outcome on that with the, because uh, you know, they've showed the other stuff, but they never, they, I never saw any, unless I just missed it, and they're going to show it next week, which they could have, because there was a few Saturdays growing up that I'd miss here and there, and, um, and I would set my VCR, and, you know, my little brother changed the channel and stuff. <laughs> So, so I, like I said, I don't know if it, if it did air and I didn't see it. So it might be, I mean, you know, I can see it next week because I'm sure they they did it they did it around the around the loop. So they probably got the Memphis footage of it and they'll show it next week. So we'll we'll see on that one. Um, all right, next I got the third match. I got Tony Burton, Tojo, Jonathan Boyd, and Boy Tony against. Billy Travis, Tracy Smothers, Paul Diamond, and Jeff Jarrett. Okay. No, no, no. It was uh, Travis Smothers, Diamond, and Tanaka. No. wasn't Tanaka. Tanaka worked at the end of the show. He worked the other six. He worked the six-man with Memphis Vice at the end. No, then then my my notes must be wrong. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah, because I have have Jarrett later on in there. Yeah. Um... The biggest thing I have on that is, uh, well, hey, you you can tell Tony was key in just training because the opening high spot with Tony and Jeff were uh, was awesome. <laughs> it, it was the best wrestling I've seen. You know, granted we're going to re- you know review two shows. Yeah. It's the best wrestling I've seen on the two shows. Yeah. And then they get Paul Diamond in there, and he hit a massive butterfly suplex. Okay, this is what I got from the opening of it. This is, yeah, now you saw other stuff, I I remember it now, but what stood in my mind more than anything, Tojo fed in and took a bump. He took a hip toss. Took one and scooted out. He was 60 years old. Oh, I know. He was in his early 60s. And then, um, yeah, he took the hip toss, yeah, he powdered out. And then it seemed wasn't, and they wasn't much at all. They went into a big eight-way, just brawling everywhere. And the only thing I really could see of it was Tracy was trying to strip Boy Tony down. And they were out hey, on Tracy, the floor. Don't do it. It'll be a quick turn, Tracy. <laughs> That's all I got from that. The only thing out of that match was was Tracy and Tony. Everything else was they were just. Filling time, but yeah, the Tojo taking the hip toss in his late fifties, early sixties—that was, you know. I, uh, Tony Burton also took a, a giant, which is you know this is benign in twenty nineteen, soon to be twenty twenty. But Tony Burton took a big hard floor bump too yes. uh, during that brawl. And I, also, I got at the end, uh, Burton was a big guy, big body, wasn't good at all, not very athletic. He was just a big guy, um, tall, decent body. But if you watch his stuff, very uh, 
stiff, not as in crowbar stiff, but body stiff. He did he didn't he wasn't very athletic looking to me. And um but that's been ever since he only, he only had a short run there as the ninja then and as Tony Burton and then they got rid of him. But yeah, that's that's the two things that really the three things out of that was the Tosho taking the hip toss bump and Tony uh Tracy trying to strip Tony on the floor, strip his clothes off and and um then Tony Burton not being very good at all. It seems like he's getting worse each week. I actually seem like ever since I took the ninja gimmick off him, it's been downhill. So, um, the next I got is the RPMs interview. Do you want to take that one real fast? Since everybody already knows. I just, <laughs> I, I just always thought the, the RPMs are really underrated. I did, yes. Now, granted, this, this promo with them acting like it's a big surprise that it's Bruno, but anyone watching TV already knows. Yeah, well, so they don't know that. From the Evansville feed. Yeah, they don't, um, nobody knows that, you know, because all that stuff spliced in. They didn't, had no clue. They just, that when the, you know, when they sent Evansville's tape to Evans, you know, for Evansville to show it, they stooged it off at the very beginning of the show. <laughs> so, it was a classic heel promo to me, you know, you know, they were in there and they're pulling our hair and they're gouging our eyes. Just you know, classic. We don't cheat; they cheat. But I've always thought the the RPMs were an underrated team. Yeah, they uh, were. And I, and I think I think honestly, the name hurt them. You know, the first time I ever saw them uh, was in a magazine. I want to say it was a uh, what's his name, Norm Kitzer, however you say his name. Uh-huh. And they were, I can't remember if they were at what they were somewhere. And when the territories and they were the rock and roll RPMs, LP and DJ, and I was like, huh? And then later on, I was like, I saw it was Mike Davis. And I was like, and I always want you know because I remember seeing Mike Davis in the stuff in the magazine after magazines from Florida, and the time and I remember seeing the picture where Kevin Sullivan brainwashed Mike Davis to be Dusty Rhodes, and I was like. I wonder if that's the same Mike Davis, you know. And then later on, when they came to Memphis, I was like, okay, that is the same Mike Davis. But yeah, he was very underrated. Um, Tommy Lane was underrated. Yeah, the name I think did hurt him because one thing they worked babyface. I think Memphis was like the first time they worked heel. They might have didn't work. I think. I think. I know. I remember that um, when they were when that first time I saw them that that magazine, they were babyface, but. When they you come in, when you you thinking rock and roll, you know you think rock and roll express, good looking baby faces, and Mike Davis was not a good looking baby face because he was missing some teeth. <laughs> well, they, they were just they were just rugged, tough guy wrestlers with bleach blonde hair, and like you know, I I, I get it, like, like you know that's their, that was their name for a while, yeah. But at the same time, you want to be compared with. The people who were there, they were in Memphis too. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. See, I think that's why they had to turn them. If they would have just been the RPMs, yeah, I think it could have helped them. I think it'd been better. Yeah, if they just had RPMs instead of rock and roll, because like I said, especially Memphis. Yeah, Memphis. They were used to when you see rock and roll, you think of rock and roll express. You see these guys, and it's like, ooh, yeah, they're rugged, old rugged, just a rugged hill tag team. They don't look. You know, I think, yeah, I think if they would have just came out just been the RPMs, I think it would have, especially in Memphis, it would have been better, you know. But they, they were around a while. They had several different runs in Memphis. 
So we yeah, they, again, a tremendous tag team, underrated tag team. I just, uh, I think that, in my opinion, in my opinion means nothing, but that's what they've gone back and would have helped help them. It's just the name, a different yeah. name. Yeah, I think it would have. I think it would, especially in Memphis. It, I think it would have. And um, but everywhere they else went, I do believe they were heels, from what I can remember. I could be wrong. Um, but uh, I didn't they go to world class after that and went down to world class and they were heels automatically. I think. I'm pretty sure. I think, uh, everything I've ever seen of them has been heel. I don't think I've ever seen any of their baby face run. Yeah, I saw, I saw in the magazine where they were baby faces, and then that first week they come to Memphis and they were babies, and then they had to turn them heel because the people were just they crapped on them. You know. Um, then I got next was they had a match with. Uh, Probably the two best looking uh, 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 job guys that Memphis had at the time, uh, Jerry Garman and Benny Trailer. They looked good. They good bodies. They had matching gear, and uh, yeah, they had their JYD special gear. Yeah, and they got nothing. Now I don't think that. I think they got one punch to the midsection, and that was it. Nothing. They gave them absolutely nothing, which I think that was good. They needed to get in there and just you know. Because everybody it seemed like everybody was getting all the job guys was getting a little something, and they and the other tag champions they just come in there and just raw dogged them, which I think was good, and it was short, you know, short sweet. But yeah, that Garmin trailer they were there for a long time, and um, they got to be you know actually decent little you know workers and something. They each step through the years they they start getting more and more you know through the years, and they actually they always look good because they always. You know, had good bodies and always had matching gear, and you know, looked good. It's just you know, I'm, I'm I don't know where they were from, but I'm sure they probably worked some of them independents around, you know, Memphis, northern Mississippi, Arkansas. I bet I'm sure because they, you know, because you can tell that they they had a little more than just you know than your uh, the Upton guy. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, you know they were actually I think them and. Rough and Ready, were probably the, they were the probably the best two tag team enhancement tag teams they had down there for a while. Well, here's my question: Did you ever see them in the same place? They're a bit too big. I thought that too, but they're way too big to be Rough and Ready. Way too big. Because that one, and Rough and Ready was, was that, built. The one in Rough and Ready was really built, but the other one wasn't. I noticed it because gotcha. that one was bigger than Jarrett. When we watched it two weeks, the match from two weeks ago, because I remember in my notes I put one of the Rough and Ready guys is bigger than Jarrett was at the time, then the other one was smaller than Jarrett. So I thought that at first that I was, I was like, but I think one of Rough and Ready might have been David Johnson, who did a lot of um, jobs down there earlier, in, I think in '85 and '86. So I'm thinking Rough and Ready became. I think David Johnson became one of the rough, the bigger of the Rough and Ready guys. So. Um, the, the RPMs I, I did have they did more wrestling than a lot of the heels and the, and the fact of like more wrestling moods you know it, what I mean because a, yeah. a lot of the Memphis heels punch and kick and eye rake yeah. uh, you know Mike Davis hit a, a beautiful knee lift yeah. it was awesome um, I, I can't remember which one they hit your favorite uh, your favorite move from back when you were wrestling that uh, that trip to the bat cave the old put the head between the legs and rake the ears <laughs> um uh, well, their finisher, I just remember it was really simple. It wasn't like a, a, a double backbreaker or something. What was it? 
What was their finish? Yeah, one guy would go down on the knee, and the other guy would pick him up, like for a body slam and, and backbreaker onto yeah. the knee. And it, it it was it was simple, but like for that time, vicious and yeah. like could be something pulled out today that would get a reaction from the crowd. Yeah, it's something different today. Different because nobody's seen it today. But it wouldn't be a finisher. But back then, it was simple and it, it worked as a finisher because you know it, it reminded me of the backbreaker that Bobby Eaton used to use a lot of the time. Yeah. He would if you go for a belly to back and put you into the backbreaker on the knee. Yeah. Billy Robinson, I think, did it for a finish for a while. Yeah, but it, it was always so it, it was so different and so neat. Yeah, I really liked yeah. it. Okay, so then we had we had see. I got next on mine. It says the interview with uh, Travis and Jarrett. They talk about the match with the RPMs. Um, basically, same just the reverse of the RPMs. It was the babyface part of it. Um, because I think Jeff said if Bruno, he said he's gonna punch him or something or something like you know. Basically, it was the you know the fiery baby faces. If the you know if that heel referee turn you know better do you know. Basically, it was just I got it was just reversed from what RP was talking about earlier in their interview. You know, basically what I got from it. You know, just a simple baby face. You know, talking about the you know the match. And then I got the. Next thing on there says another Evansville rundown. Um, I'll get all on there. Says Lawler uh, does the match interview. Basically, yeah, um, and, and, and as always, it's the best promo on the show. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it, it was a fantastic promo. Lawler, Lawler was very much. Uh, like Arn Anderson to me and the fact that he didn't yell, he didn't raise his voice, but he was very stern in what he was saying. Now, obviously, Lawler would have the quick little one-lines and little funny things that he would throw in there, but he was, he was very believable. He, it felt like it was a conversation, not a promo with yeah. Lawler. Yeah, basically, it was, it was um, you know, earlier they did the one with Rich, and now it was his turn for him to talk about him and Rich's match coming up. Uh, then I got the the final match of the day. I got uh, Don Bass, Buddy Wayne, and Larry Wright against the Memphis Vice and Pat Tanaka. I'll let you take this one. So I, I told you I didn't know. I I'd heard the name Buddy Wayne, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, but I didn't know a lot about Buddy Wayne before the last show. Um, and I did see a ton from Buddy Wayne then. And this one, Buddy Wayne moved great. You look at him and you don't think he's going to be able to move. But he had lost... Uh, of, Go ahead. Oh, uh, I was just going to say, of the heels, like, he moved tremendous. And, like, there was a trio of body slams. And Buddy Wayne takes this beautiful one. Uh, and then I think... And then, yeah, and then the right came in. He bet in. He took a pretty good one. Don Bass nearly died. But we'll leave that out. Um, but, no, it was... I, it was more than I'd seen from this same team or version of the team in the last uh, in the last TV team but I was really impressed with Buddy Wayne to the point I'm going to make it a point to look up more Buddy Wayne matches see if I can find some non-TV matches some, Good luck. some live event matches <laughs> Good luck. Uh, and it was probably going to be hard because he was older at that point yeah right? he was uh, late 50s early 60s at that point and he had lost and he had you're, lost you're all, all shocked at Tojo but there's Buddy Wayne yeah butt off yeah he, like I said, the week before he made a return, and he lost a lot of weight. And like I said, he had to be late 50s, maybe. He might have been 60, 61 at, at that time. He had lost a lot of weight, 
and that's the second week I seen him back on TV. He looked really good. That was the first time I seen Larry Wright. Um, that's the first time he had been back on TV since um, late summer of '86 when uh, Fire and Flame and Torch. He was Torch. They took the mask off, and I think he was only around a couple weeks because uh, that's when they did an angle. It was um, uh, Don Bass, Dirty Roads, Larry Wright. They got the mask taken off by Rich and um, Lawler, and uh, I think right say around maybe two two weeks maybe after they took the mask off from him and uh he was gone and this is the first time he'd been back since for you know about a four or five month and um i also know in that match it was um uh right and um tanaka they blew a big time spot and then that from that they did not work well together if you go back yeah. and watch it they that, that was definitely the part where the match started falling apart. Yes, big time. Yeah, I don't know what happened, but uh, Larry Wright and Pat Tonka didn't work good together. <laughs> it's, I've got blow to spot, and um, uh, the uh, was uh, I was all I got in that match was this is the first week Pat Tanaka went from the karate pants to the uh, spandex pants. I got that on there too. <laughs> he's, uh, since he's yeah, been in Memphis, he was so been prior to the. I'll say this. Prior to the spot being blown, it was good. Um, there was some really good wrestling, mainly involving Buddy Wayne. So yeah. like good chain wrestling. Like yeah. it didn't like a typical Memphis heel match. You know, there's some hair pulling to get into the holes, but there's like yeah. top wrist locks, takeovers. Like it was, it was super nice. And like Jerry Bryant gets in and he hit this weird looking but still good looking drop kick somehow. Yeah, I noticed that it it was awkward looking. Very awkward. It was awkward, but like caught right under the jaw. Yeah. It looked good somehow. Uh, I don't know. It was a very interesting match. Um, they kept bringing up the time, and I'm wondering if it was actually supposed to be a time limit draw or if they went over due to the communication issues that they seem to be having. I think that – I just – I don't know. But I think – I don't know if it, if it was – I don't know. It just seemed like the end of that match, I don't – I think everything just fell apart. But I, uh, <laughs> um, I always say Memphis Vice, they'd always have different trunks every week. And usually, Lose would say something, and then Jerry Bryant would say something different from Lose. And I kept trying to see what this week said, because they always had something new on their back, on their trunks, on the back of it. Because they, you know, back then, they, you'd go to any mall and have, um, you know, them little uh, letters ironed on your trunk, you know. You know they, you know the old shirts back in the day. They iron on the little. Oh, yeah. So they every week they'd come out with something different on their, you know, trunks. And you know, I said usually they'd have opposite, but I kept trying to watch it. I kept rewinding. I finally got. I could read what it said, and they and actually they had the same thing on this week, which was very rare. It said on the on Big Lou Winston and Jerry Bryant's trunks on the back. It said a man's man. <laughs> and uh, but yeah, if you watch it. To watch their trunks because that's one thing. Especially when they were heels, every week they'd always have something just funny on their trunks. And uh, but yeah, they I kept watching like what is on their trunk, and I saw it as man's man was what they had on their trunk this week. Because I tried to look last week, but I could never see what it was. Um, but that's about all I got from that match. Yeah, was um, after the blown spot with uh, Larry Wright and Patanaga, it just it really fell apart. And um, 
Uh, they, uh, and, and that's a pity too because like dur- during that during the match, Pat Tanaka showed like how quick he was compared to everybody else, and oh, the one or two bumps he took, gosh. he always was and still is one of the best bumpers ever. He has you know, the- Pat's, Pat's still going at however old he is, and he's still like a hard, fast bumper. He. Oh my god! If there's any young wrestlers out there who want to know how to take a good, quick snap bump, watch Pat Tanaka. Yes, his stuff in Memphis was his bumps he would take were just oh they were so just 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 way way better. I mean nobody else was even doing anything close to that that quick that quick, but especially in Memphis. And man, yeah, and Pat's actually the man. Yeah, I think you were at this event. Pat's the man who taught me how to take a good, quick, fast shoulder tackle. Bump. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he taught that. me how to throw an arm drag. Like yeah. I knew how, he taught me how to throw a really good arm drag. Yeah. And Pat's awesome, man. And I, he's another one who I don't think got the respect. He, I mean, he had his runs. Don't get me wrong, but Pat could have been singles. I don't know what held him back other than maybe speaking. I don't remember hearing too many Pat Tanaka promos. But Pat was an amazing wrestler. Oh, what hurt Pat and was... He's uh, doing good to study her. But Pat, what I think hurt Pat was born 10 years too late. I, it, I can see that. Territories were dying. Territories were dying. And, um, you know, but, you know, because, you know, he was, his dad was in the office, you know, in Florida. And, um, uh, you know, his dad was a, a, a big star, you know, in the 50s and 60s, you know, and um, uh, so he had that, you know, he had his the way, way in, you know, he's just, I, he was born a little too late, you know, because the territories, I mean, three years, out, you know, this was 87, three years later, you know, territories were, you know, all you had was Memphis and basically Memphis and Portland was the only things left because Continental had shut down. And Florida was gone. I mean, you only had two territories, and then, but Portland was on its last leg. They wasn't drawing nothing. Memphis was down, you know. So I mean, it, you know, '87. Like I said, that was Memphis's last big year. So I think it, him just being um, just born a little too late, you know, to be, you know, because like I said, you know, he had to end because you know, because when he he broke in, he was breathing and. You know, Florida, you know, like at, what, 14, 15 years old, he was reffing, uh, you know, because his dad was in the office down there. So, um, he just, I think if he would have been born and, you know, if he could have got broken in the 70s, um, you know, he could have been a really good, um, get sympathy getting baby face, you know. But, Absolutely. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Um, then, then we go to the recap after that time limit draw the bottle <laughs> and god love lance he tried to cover he's like you know sometimes the ref's just not in the position to make that three count <laughs> when jerry bryant was going over the sunset when the time limit expired <laughs> go, go lance he'll he'll take one for the team he'll yeah. try for you yeah because i imagine it did. if you, people you watch it if everybody's in you if you watch this show you'll see it that matches it like it started out good you know, and it just, it fell apart fast. <laughs> so, like I said, like you were saying, I don't know if that was what really was going to be the finish. Who knows? Because it, it had some, it, it just, yeah. 
it didn't it didn't end well. It started out really good and it went you know midway and then it just fell apart. So, but um, one thing I took from this show was they're building that Lawler Rich perfect. I think because I mean, well, we say that now because it it worked, but it seemed like it was so different from everything usually done in Memphis where somebody turns on Lawler and it's full speed ahead. You know, they really milked this one. And I think that's why it, I think that's why it was so successful, you know. One of the reasons, you know, that um, yeah, it just um, that you know, like I said, I think that's been basically these are the two shows. That's really been their main thing. I think they've really really cared about was getting the point across, you know, of Rich and Lawler. You know, it's going to eventually boil over. But I still say Travis and Jarrett. For as in studio, them boys were so over. They, they they're quite, oh, I, oh, yeah, they were so loud for them. I love them. Especially the women. Like you, you heard the the girls scream when they walked out. Yeah, yeah. They were the the matinee idols of the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. My biggest glaring glaring things from from the show is that I've got to find more Buddy Wayne to watch. Which, as you said, that may be hard. Well, okay, I'll um, tell you right now, because for, for, I won't tell you now, I'll forget. There's some Buddy Wayne, Ken Wayne against Tommy Gilbert and Eddie Gilbert out there. A few matches. And I know there's, I actually saw it the other day. It was Buddy Wayne, Ken Wayne, and Danny Davis against, uh, I want to say, Eddie Marlin. And I can't remember who his other two partners were. <laughs> Eddie Marlin come out of retirement. Uh, and I'm going to say it's from the Louisville Gardens. But there is some stuff, a buddy, but it's older, but, you know, when he, when, uh, basically when Ken Wayne was breaking in, getting going, and there's some stuff floating around of uh, Ken Wayne and Buddy Wayne against uh, Eddie Gilbert, Tommy Gilbert, there's some stuff of that floating around, and then uh, of, of Buddy Wayne and Ken Wayne against a few other people. So there's some stuff, but it, like I said, it's, it's toward Buddy's, you know, into Buddy's career in, in ring-wise, you know. But yeah. and it also got that both both Buddy and Tony were amazing hands. You know, what I mean, amazing carpenters. And I, I, I don't know, you know, Buddy was 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 an era before, so I don't know if he got his respect in his time or not. But Tony Falk, and I'm not just saying this because I, I know him personally. I don't think Tony ever got the respect outside of the business. In the business, everyone who ever worked with him loves him. Yeah. But outside of the business, I don't know if Tony ever got the respect that he deserved. Yeah. Tony was amazing. Yeah, that, and would do anything. Yeah, he. Uh, I don't. You know, I don't think he gets he gets respect from the boys. That oh, I don't know about these guys nowadays, but you know, uh, especially like me, my my you know group of guys. You know, because I know you know he worked he worked every promotion basically. I don't think he worked for uh, Don Owens in Portland. Uh, but pretty much he worked at all the territories, you know, uh, worked Puerto Rico. I mean, he worked everywhere. And he, it wasn't just going doing jobs on TV. He worked, you know, he worked, he worked, you know, he was full time. He'd work, you know. So, yeah, he, you know, oh, he didn't win. You know, that's what the fans say. But he, that was his job. He was an opening card, mid card guy to put people over, make them look good. And he worked every territory. So he's very underrated. Very, very underrated. And, and there's a big thing going around on the independents about paying dues and stuff like that, and about you know 
doing the drives and all this stuff. You want to see somebody who did that all the time? You look at Tony Falk. Yeah. He would be set up the ring for ICW. You yeah. know, he refereed in Texas. You know, he he was in drag in Memphis. He didn't care what he did. He wanted to be in this business yeah. because he loved this business and he worked hard at this business. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. He 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 was um you know he was the last of that that dying breed right there. You know, the last of the territory guys that worked every territory because they could work and they knew their place on the the card and what they were hired and what they were, they knew what what to do every night to go out there and they knew what their part of the card was and what their role was in the promotion, you know. And with that being said, accept the match, Tony. You keep (laughs) saying you're going to do it and you keep putting it off. It's been three years now. Accept the match, Tony. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> somebody eventually, I'm get it. somebody will book it. He'll finally say yeah, and somebody will book it. <laughs> so, so pay Tony, pay Tony. Someone pay Tony well, so I can wrestle Tony Falk. Yeah, there you go. There, that'll get it. Give him a good payoff. Give Tony a good payoff, and I'll go in there and wrestle. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> but yeah, it, the whole thing about, like I said, this whole you know, they were really the promotion at the time where it was you know. It was really in. They don't know. They really didn't have. The whole thing was they were putting all their eggs in the Lawler, the Lawler Rich basket. And I don't know if the time they, if you know, at this time if they already had the idea of bringing Idol in, which they they probably did, because uh, it wasn't too much further down the road. Idol comes in and everything, but um, they were. You could tell they just by these, you know. They actually since like November. Uh, that's what they're you know they're putting all their time into and everything because everything else you know even the tags they you know even by when they put the they stooged off whoever the ref second ref was at the beginning of the show that made me think okay now the tag they really ain't putting no emphasis on this this tag angle you know uh, everything they're putting all their time and effort on Lawler Rich. You know, and everything else is just filler because that's, you know, basically, you know, it, but it's good. But if you if you watch this stuff, um, the, you know, there's good little angles like, you know, the 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 Tracy and boy Tony angle is a good little angle. You know, the time, I'm sure those were some really good tag matches with the RPMs and Travis and Jarrett. And with Jarrett still being really green, Billy Travis, that's somebody who's underrated. Billy Travis was so underrated. Growing up, I used to be a big mark for Billy Travis. I thought he was so underrated. And uh, that's where I got the Vader bomb from. That's why I started doing it, because he was the first one I started doing it. And he used to do this thing where they'd be on the floor, and the heel would take him and run him to the post, and he would run, and he just wouldn't take a regular post. He would jump and put up, and he would, like, he'd go sideways, like, like a crossbody, and he would smack the pole, and he would push off, and he would spin his body, and man, it was just, he would do it, you know, every now and then, he'd do it, you know, and then, when I was working, uh, uh, we did a thing on the, and me and Chris Chambers was on the floor, and he, he said, he said, take the post, and he did it, and I didn't, I mean, he didn't look nowhere good as Billy Travis's did, but, you know, I still got, and got the technique of it where I, you know, I hit it and spun off, and we got at the back, Chris was like, man, 
that pole bump you took was awesome. I said, I watched it. I learned it by watching Billy Travis at the sports arena <laughs> in Nashville. But yeah, I think he was really, really underrated. Billy Travis was. And no. Uh, but um, so next week we'll be doing the follow up show for this one, which would probably, that would be, let's see, it should be uh, January 14th. Um, so we'll get, it'll, it'll get more deeper into that uh, Lawler Rich, Rich thing. Um, so um, we got about three minutes. Is there anything you want to, um, you want to talk about real fast in three minutes? <laughs> Keep it going as long as you want. Um, I set up a new uh, Facebook thing where I'm going to put, I'm going to start adding this podcast, the uh, Call It in the Ring podcast with me and Mark Gordy. And if I ever get my um, no name pod, Quint Cruz's no name podcast going again, I'm going to put, I'm putting all this thing. It's called the uh, No Budget Podcast Center. So I'm going to put the link to this and it'll be there. So you can go there and find the link to this. I'm going to add the, the links where you can find it on whatever, you know, what's, I don't know the lingo. Uh, the thing where you can find the pocket, what is it called? The people hosted or whatever. The uh, on your podcast download services such as yeah. Spotify. Yeah, there you go. And, and then like I'll put, the, and actually I'll put the link again to the YouTube um, of the, of this show, so you can go back. People if they want to go back and watch yourself. Like I said, it's good entertainment. Um, let's see. There was something I want. I recommend th- watching it first, or none of this will make any sense. Yeah, that's true. You need to watch. Yeah. <laughs> And go because yeah, because there's stuff, and you gotta think it. You know, it's really good stuff. You know, and um, you know, it's not your 1982 Memphis. It's far from it, but it, it's still good, entertaining, good stuff. So, um, you know, and even, leave your comments, please. When we post yeah. it up, put your comments. We'll yeah. check them. Let us know what you think we're doing well, what we're doing terrible. We'll do our best to improve on that. But we exactly. want to know what you guys are thinking, what you guys are liking. Yeah. And, and, uh, and everybody, uh, continue to pray for Tracy Smothers. He's, Absolutely. He's still out there being a thug and making that comeback on that cancer. And uh, also, uh, Moondog um, Rex, Randy Collar, he passed away. Um, he was, I always just remember him, he had, had that big old chest, boy. He had that big old chest. He passed away, uh, when it was last week, I think, and, um. I think that's it. We got about uh, probably about thirty seconds. So everyone, we're gonna wrap this up and everything. And everybody, um, appreciate you listening, and, and hopefully we're getting better. This is week two. Hopefully next next week, Nate wasn't. Well, can't even talk. Week three will be better. So uh, just look for us on Facebook. We'll pu- we'll put those links and everything. And thank you everybody for listening. For Jeremiah Plunkett, this is Quint Charisma. Hey, that's me. Thank you and God bless. <laughs>